Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. Joe DeLeon, Ryan Roberts, and we are officially getting into ranking season. Today, we're going to be breaking down our top five linebackers. We'll be alternating, sharing which guys we think deserve to be in the conversation. And then we're going to turn the page actually next week. where We've got a lot of content going on with the Senior Bowl, so stay tuned for that. So much coming along the way as draft season is just starting to cook up. Before we get to that, though, folks, make sure you head on over to betonline.ag. There's plenty of fun odds for any sport that you can find. I'm betting a lot on basketball right now because, well, there's nothing else to bet on. NHL, you name it, whatever it is, you can bet on it. Uh, You can also possibly get after maybe some futures for the NFL draft if you want to take advantage of some of those opportunities. Maybe you think Will Levis will go first overall and you want to bet on it. We'll see what ends up happening. Use promo code BELIEVE at betonline.ag to place those bets. All right, Ryan. Let's get into linebackers. I want to just quickly hit on uh, just a quick class overview. I think from what I've noticed with this grouping is that there's one really talented guy at the top, and then there's a lot of really quality guys that I think are going to go in the second round, and then it just starts to gradually thin out as we start to move further and further down this list, which is kind of contrary to what we talked about at the beginning of the season, which was all these possible names that snuck in at the end of the first round. And I don't think some of those guys took that next step. So they're stuck in that second round projection. It's a, it's a good, it's a good, um, I I think that you kind of nailed it on the head, Joe. I think it was a good observation because I'm just looking at my list and like preliminary grades because I haven't finalized all, all of them, but I have one top 25 grade, I have two players, including that top 25 grade, that are top 50 players, and then two others mm-hmm. that are top 75. And then my last guy in the top five is a top 100 dude, right? So wow. af- after that, it tapers off tremendously, in my opinion. Like I had a couple names written down that are clear day three football players for me that I think have developmental traits to be you know talented players. But I, I agree. I think that there's, there's one guy at the top that I think is – should be near consensus when all is said and done. And then there's some, but I think there's quality after that for like yes. two through five. It's just after that, it's just kind of like some developmental dot guys, not a ton of them in this year's class, in my opinion. Ryan, I want to start us off with our first player. I'm going to start, I'm going to kick us off and then we're going to go back and forth. Okay. So I'm going to yes. start off with my number five player in my top can, five. Can I guess factors. it? Can I guess it? Go ahead. Go, go ahead and guess it. I think you have Noah Sewell as your fifth ranked guy. I don't have Noah Sewell as my fifth-ranked guy. We're going to find out where he is. He is in my top five. I'm not, I'm not going to spoil too much. But yeah. you very – we were talking last week, and I was like, okay, here are the guys that I'm watching. Uh, am I missing anyone? And you at the very end of it were like, oh, watch Ivan Pace from Cincinnati. So oh, I watched him, okay. and I did not know what to expect. I watched him, and admittedly, this guy's tiny. The first couple of plays, I'm like, this guy's maybe 5'11". This guy's maybe 220 pounds, if that. But I started watching him, and I'm like, damn, this guy has a lot of juice for a little linebacker. And one of the things that I just got with him is very good instincts. 
super slippery. He's one of those guys who they blitzed him a ton, and he's just sliding between offensive linemen. And the craziest part for him having such a tiny profile, being such a small linebacker, they rushed him off the edge. But the disturbing part is he's really strong for his size and really holds his own when he was doing that. Now, he's not going to do that at the NFL, but I thought, I don't know, man, there was something there. There was something there with that power profile for this tiny little guy. I don't know if I think he's probably going to project more as like a will backer because of his size, but I, I was too intrigued to not put him in there. Uh, just sneak him in there at the very end of my top five. You don't like that? Joseph. Well, um, I mean, before I say no, something, give me, well, no, let me ask. I'm going to ask you a question to start this off. I'm going to ask you a okay. question. Okay. Are you familiar with the name Scooby Wright? Okay, come on. They're not this. It's not. He's not Scooby Wright. Peter. Scooby Wright was slow. <laughs> yes, and I think Ivan Pace is also slow. How slow do you think he is? Four eight flat. So you think that that's slow enough? How far? How did you grade him then? Oh man, he's like a he's like a late day three player for me. Really, I'm yeah, that far off. Well, I, I mean. I mean, well, one, you're not far off. We just have a difference of opinion, right? Okay. Let's start there. I, I graded him as a third rounder, by the way. Okay. But okay. continue. So this is the stuff that is really intriguing by Ivan Pace, okay? Here's the stuff. Yeah. Incredibly productive, right? At Miami, Ohio, he was incredibly productive. This year, what do he have? 20-something tackles for loss, 10 sacks this year yeah. on top of having 100-plus tackles. Like, incredible production. Going to the yeah. Senior Bowl. And I also think I agree with you 100%. He's got natural leverage and he's very strong because of it, right? Like he's got a little pop in his pads. I mean, I literally put a tweet out of him maybe like two months ago that was just like uh, Ivan Pace go boom because he just smoked this (laughs) dude working in pursuit, right? Like there's a lot of impressive things there. But he's he's very short. I mean, I think he's going to be like 5'11", flat, maybe – I also didn't get great athlete. I think he's a – I think his motor's fantastic, which makes up for the lack of explosiveness in my opinion because he's just always working, always working. I think his eye discipline is pretty good for the most part. My worries about him is anytime you are a combination of small and not incredibly athletic, eh, that's usually a, a teetering of not great to me. But also, yeah. I don't know what he does in the passing game for you. Right? Like, do you think he's going to. Well, they didn't ask him to do anything. So that's the problem. It's really hard to figure that out. And I asked you if you remember Scooby Wright because Scooby Wright was a guy that I fell for early in my in in scouting. It was one of my guys. I'm like, oh, man, look at that pass rush on third down plus what he does at first and second down. But then he gets to the NFL and you're just like, he can't play pass coverage. That's why they asked him to do that. Right. And that's my worry about an Ivan Pace is that the reason that you see so many nice things as a pass rusher is because they don't trust him to cover <laughs> at all, which is the, the scary part to me. It's a little scary, a little scary. I hope that's not the case. Yes, I do. I will say, I think I see him as a, just a slightly, not like significantly, like slightly, slightly better athlete mm-hmm. is why I'm willing to throw him in there. And I, I admittedly, I had him over Jack Campbell. I Whoa. really like Jack. I re- Jack Campbell's like right behind him. He's right behind him. I don't know, man. I was just so caught up with the fact that he's the motor. Like that's what excited me. I love me, it. Was the motor? It, I, I know. I'm getting ahead of myself. This is my one dumbass pick in my top five. It's, I get one no, a week. It, I mean, it, I could end up being the dumbass for not having him in my top five. That's that's the great part about this. I mean, okay, who do you have at number five? 
I, I mean, Ivan Pace is a fun player, Joe. I wasn't trying to knock okay. him too much. Number five for me is you just actually mentioned him. I had Jack Campbell as my number five because okay. of a lot of the things that we talked about in the summer, which I think remain true, right? He has incredible instincts for the position. He's long, and he just always seems to be in the right spot. There's a reason that he's had a hundred and or sorry, 270 tackles or whatever he's had over the last two years. Like he is a fundamentally sound player who's always in the right spot. And I think that the, the length is nice to help with the range. Cause I don't think foot, I don't think foot speed is great. I think it's solid. Like I think that he can play in pursuit a little bit, but I don't think he's incredibly explosive athlete. I think he's a solid mover overall. And I, but I think that he packs a little bit of a punch as a tackler He's got a long tackle radius, and he's a really smart football player. So if that, for me, sounds like a, a late-day-two player that will start at Mike Linebacker at the next level. I do question the impact overall of being able to create turnovers and create big mm-hmm. plays. I don't think that's Jack Campbell's game. Like I don't think he's going to have a ton of sacks. I don't think he's going to you know create a ton of havoc in the passing game. I think he's going to be a Johnny on the spot in the passing game from time to time because I think he gets into pass coverage well enough. I just think that the long limbs kind of hinder his ability to change direction incredibly well in the passing game. But I think that he's a two-down Mike, and if nothing else, right? Like I think that he'll be a guy maybe at a Blake Martinez's type of role at the next level or like he's a good player in first and second down. There's just obvious limitations. So I like Jack Campbell for what he is. I just don't think that we should make him more than what he actually is, though, in my opinion. Yeah, and if you remember back from summer scouting, I was really high on Jack Campbell. I think I came a little bit more down to earth watching him. Yeah. Just just because at times, I think his instincts are good, but there were some times where I felt like he was guessing. So like some of the times where like he's really good, he's in a really good position. Yeah. There were other instances where he was out of position. And again, I, I have him as graded as a third round pick. He's he's a guy who I think plugs right in based on scheme as a really, really good starting Mike backer. You, you he know, fits a throwback style backer. I, I think he's an uh, he's a typical Iowa linebacker, man. He really right. is. I mean, I think that he there's nothing there's not a ton flashy about him. Like I think back to when Josie Jewell came out a few years ago. I like Josie, and he's turned into a good linebacker at the next level. It's just that people some people missed on him a little bit. Because they were like, but he doesn't create a bunch of splash plays. And it's like, yes, he doesn't, which might may hinder him from being a great player, but he can still be a good player because he has all those baseline traits. It's not a perfect comparison other than they played at Iowa because Josie was a little more sawed off, six one and a half comparative to Jack Campbell, six four plus. But all that to say is that I think that Jack Campbell has a really nice baseline as being a good football player on the next level. Will he be a great one? I mm. I have my questions. Will he be a dynamic one? I have my serious questions. But I think at worst He's going to play linebacker at the next level, and he's going to be a starter at some point in his career. So if we flip on over to number four, yep. who do you have as your number four guy? Henry Toa Toa, guy that I've been oh. pretty consistently high on. I mean, I, I, again, top 75 grade on him. I think that he's a young man that, you know, if he goes in the second rounds, I would not say a word about it. If he goes in the early third rounds, I'm incredibly happy about it, right? Because he is a... 6'1", 230-pound player who hits all the thresholds as far as the length perspective, athleticism perspective. He's just good at pretty much everything. Is he great at anything? That's my question. And I don't think he is, right? Like, I don't think he's a great pursuit player. I think he's a good pursuit player. I don't think he has great eyes. I think he has good eyes. Is he a great pass coverage player? No, I think he's a good pass coverage player. There's no hole in his game, but I also think there's no – I don't think there's a – big like 
I don't think there's one spot where you're just like, yes, elite, 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 elite. That's not Henry Toa Toa to me. He's a starting wool linebacker at the next level, and he's a good one. And I think that he has the impact to be a little more impactful than a Jack Campbell does. Like I think that he can create some interceptions, sacks, do you know those big plays in a football game. I think that he has that opportunity. So I like Jack for I mean Jack. I like Henry for what he is a lot. I think he's a really good starting starting will at the next level. After maybe a year of maturation, I think he's going to be a really good football player at the at, at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head perfectly there talking about a guy like Toa Toa who he's sl- he's above average but not elite at every single category that you look across the board except for one thing I think he struggles with which is his play strength. Uh, there was I watched the Texas game and he got bowled over by Bijan a few times because he tried to tackle him high and that is not a guy that you want to tackle high. But if he was a little bit stronger, he was a little more stronger like a guy like Jack Campbell, it might have been a different story. That strength stuff is something that can be worked on and maybe it takes him a couple of seasons to get up to an NFL level of play strength. But I think that that is the perfect way to describe him. Consistent. He's never gets too high or too low. And I think you know that you're going to get a guy that like Quay Walker had 121 tackles this year uh, for the Packers. I I think that Toto could step right in and be a very productive guy that is less problematic than Quay Walker yeah. because he's just very consistent and has over a hundred tackles in his first season. Like he's that type of a player and yeah. deserves to be in a top five. And I, I think Toto Toto is going to make a pretty easy transition to the NFL as well, because we've, I mean, we talked about this in the summer. He was a four year starter on the SEC level, right at Tennessee, mm-hmm. obviously for two years and Alabama at two years. So he's played a lot of football against the best competition in the country. I think his eyes have kind of matured because of that. So I, I like him, man. Good football player. I don't think, again, we, we shouldn't make him anything more than what he is. I think he's a good to really good starting will at the next level. I don't think he's a dynamic player. I don't think he's a first-round player, but I think he's a very good football player. So moving on to our Christian Kirksey. Um, Christian Kirksey is a guy that pops in my head with te- Henry Toto. That's Sorry, a really good comp. I really, yeah. I really like that comp because, he, again, somebody who's just really consistent throughout their, throughout their career. Yep. My number four guy. Mm-hmm. I have Noah Sewell. So I came to my senses on him as I was super down on him in the offseason. And look, I'll admit, the tape that I saw last year, I think I just got a couple of his bad games where my issues were he seemed disinterested at times. And I didn't get that from him this year. I think that maybe Dan Lanning had a, a bigger impact on him than Mario Cristobal did. And I saw a guy that was super invested a lot more than I saw in last year's tape. But the big thing with Noah Sewell, what makes him such an attractive player he is a massive, freakishly built linebacker. He is a yes. thick, powerful kid who is very hard to block. He handles them really well. And then the thing that makes him really scary is the the massive hits that he's able to unleash on uh, opposing ball carriers. Again, big, big, big kid. I think what does hold him back, and the reason why I, I have him graded as a late second-round pick, his instincts are a bit inconsistent, and he tends to be out of position. So those instincts thing, it's kind of like a – I think you described him as, a, as like a bull in a china shop. Like he's yes. just going rabid, but he needs a little bit more direction and he needs to be riled in a little bit more before he can take that next step of being his, his full capability. Yeah, and, and I'll say this, Joe. I know that you were supposed to kick off number three, but I think it's the easiest transition in the world that I have Noah Sewell as my third-ranked linebacker. There I we do. go. So a lot of what you said, I agree with 100%. I think he is a – I mean, he's a densely built line middle linebacker that is 
darn explosive man like he is really explosive in his you know whether it is redirecting in space whether it is out of his trigger step like my guy brings a punch of power behind his pads like he is a densely built middle linebacker who's explosive so Mm -hmm. those things are great and I also think he has pretty decent instincts from a pass coverage perspective. I think that he understands where windows are supposed to be in zone coverage and does all those great things. And I also believe, and I don't know if we agree 100% on this or disagree 100% on this, but I believe that he has pretty good eyes in the run game. I just think he's over-aggressive a lot. Like, that's my thing. Yes, I would. I think that that's a really good way to break that down. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's got good eyes. I think at times he can make a lot of plays in the run game, but the over aggressiveness stuff does pop up. And yeah. I, I said this on, I think I said this on a previous show on this show. I, I do too many shows. I can't keep up with what show I say it on that. One of the best things I had a coach say to me and our coaches at Rhode Island used to say it all the time on special teams. And this applies to everything. I'd rather you make a mistake at a hundred miles an hour than you not go full speed right. or put in full effort. And basically what that means from a coaching perspective is as you're learning the game, as you're doing more and playing more football, go full speed, go all out. And if you make a mistake going 100, make a mistake going 100%, we can at least coach you to fix the mistake. We can't coach to fix your effort. And he gives the effort. You know, he yeah. gives the effort and he's, he's really aggressive. He just needs to reel it in a little bit and know how to concentrate that aggressiveness a little bit better. Well, I mean, he, he is literally a bull as a football player, man. He sees red and he goes like, that's just point blank to it, right? Like he sees action and he's getting downhill and he's going, which hurts him sometimes in the run game, but where it really hurts for him a lot, in my opinion, is that he gets over aggressive off of play action. And then he'll just kind of get stuck there. Right. And not be able to really get back at pass coverage a ton. So the RPO game, I think is going to give him a lot of trouble at the next level, especially if we're talking about just like quick RPO stuff. And that slot guy's just running like a little arrow route right into the vacated zone. Like that's where I think sometimes that will hurt a defense potentially, especially in pass coverage. But I think again, it's easier to reel someone back than to get them Mm. to speed up, right? Like, it's very hard. So I see all the traits necessary, the physicality, the explosiveness, the size, and I think that he has relatively good eye discipline for the most part. So if we're able to reel him back and just be like, hey, Noah, maybe 80% on this play, not quite 100, right? Then you're going to get the best out of him because I think he is a starting Michael the next level. I think he can be an impact player. But the reason that he fell to number three on my list and not number two is because I think that the floor and the ceiling are a little far apart, right? Like yes, there's there's a little yes. bit of boomer bust in Noah Soul, a little bit. That was one of the big hangups I had in the summers that I feel like he could just not figure it out. And then he's a guy that you're watching on a week to week basis on your favorite team, and you're like, oh no, just completely blew his his spot again and allowed a a 60 yard rushing touchdown because he was out of position right like that's the type of guy that he has but at the same time you could watch him every week and like wow he just forced another fumble wow he just had 12 tackles again um he's the exact opposite of what henry toto and jack campbell were on this list for us right is that they'll make the routine play and they'll make the consistent play. Noah Sewell will miss some of those, but then he'll make the splash play that forces a turnover, you know, makes a big tackle for loss. He's a splashy player. And if you can get that splash with a little more consistency, I think you've got a really good football player. So Ryan, just to save the sake of us not having to reiterate points. uh, I had Henry Toa at number three ahead of Sewell. 
I'm a little bit more willing to bank on the consistency than I am for the ceiling of of Sewell. And I, I, I just I think it sounds like we're on the same page. It's just we value one thing slightly ahead of the other. I don't think we're very far off with with either of these two guys. But with that in mind, Ryan, I want to get to my number two player who okay. I have been texting you about this guy and annoying him out. And <laughs> I've been bugging you so much about him. This is my guy in the class. I love Trenton Simpson. We're going to talk about him in a second. But number two for me, man, is Drew Sanders from Arkansas. I had seen people talking about him on Twitter. And when I was doing my linebackers last week, I was like, you know, let's check out this Drew Sanders kid. I, I didn't watch him over the summer. I don't really know a whole lot about him. I knew he was a five-star recruit. I know that he was highly recruited coming out of high school, and he transferred to Arkansas, or he ended up at Arkansas. Yeah. I forget what his, what, his, what his exact path was. And the games that I watched of him, man, he is a freakish athlete, and he is massive. He was an yeah. edge recruit, and they moved him to linebacker. You oh. see some of those capabilities of as that he has as an edge with his twitchiness, with his length, with, a, with his explosiveness, and then you move him to Mike Linebacker, the kid's still learning the position, but I think for him playing the position and still learning it and learning to play inside, he showed a lot of flashes of what he's capable of. He is downhill. He is aggressive. Is Again, his instincts are still improving, but I think that if you can tap into that and the, the improvements that he has shown in a very brief amount of time, I think he can be really freaking good. Yeah, this is one guy that I've had a little bit of a back and forth with. I mean, me, me and Joe were talking about it before the show. He would have been in my top five. Like, there was no there was no question about that. He was probably going to be number four for me at one point. But then I went back and I watched the Ole Miss game because it was not one of the games that I watched. And I felt like I saw a completely different football player than what I saw on a couple tapes, to be honest, right? Because, like you said, he was a big-time five-star defensive end, edge prospect coming to Alabama. He actually played a lot two years ago across from Will Anderson, but then Dallas Turner comes in and, you know, the transition happens and then he ends up at Arkansas and you're just kind of like 6'5", 230-something playing inside linebackers a little bit funky, right? Like that's not right. – it's not, it's not it doesn't seem like it's a seamless transition, but he really grew out throughout the season in my opinion. He really did. I think he took some nice steps forward, especially the things that you – the, the unteachables with him are phenomenal, right? He's 6'5 with long arms. He's played between Mike Will and on ball a ton while he was while he was at Arkansas. So he passed he rushed the passer a lot. But that Ole Miss game really changed my opinion on him a lot because they used him more as a pass coverage player in that spot. Because that mm. was my biggest quarrel. It's like I don't know how he fit what spot he fits best at the next level. I thought he had a little bit of maybe tweener traits a little bit because he's like he's a little funky inside. And then as a pass rusher, I don't think he's going to be a full-time pass rusher at the next level. I think he can do those things supplementally in sub-packages, right, and do those and you know impact the game that way. But I questioned what the impact was in a true spectrum of what a linebacker needs to do. Ole Miss, I thought that he – there was a couple of plays where he's playing like Tampa 2, middle of the field, middle linebacker, and I'm like, oh, he's pretty smooth actually, kind of flipping his hips and doing that type of stuff. So – Better athlete than I really originally anticipate. Originally gave him credit for from a change of direction perspective. I did not think that was the premier part of his game, but I think that he really did show it in a couple games that it's there. Mm -hmm. The hangups I have still are that he's very inconsistent from what his eyes are telling him right now. You know, like yes. I think he gets fooled a little bit. 
I also think that taking on blocks can be a challenge for him inside at times because he plays he plays a little bit inherently high because he's six five, right? Like he doesn't yeah, have massive. that bend. But we've seen guys like Leighton Vander Esch figure it out at six four plus playing inside linebacker. So Drew Sanders, you absolutely need a plan for him, right? Like I'm not saying he's just like a scheme transcendent player, just throw him in, he can do the job. But what he can do, I believe, is be a Swiss Army knife for defense. There's going to be times where, as a sub-package rusher, he could blitz an A or a B gap or even line up on the edge. There's going to be a base, you know, will alignment for him, maybe even play Mike down the road as he can as he continues to add weight to his frame. So I think that there definitely needs to be a creative defensive coordinator for Drew Sanders, but if he lands with one, I do think he has some really good traits to work with, and I think that he has a, a he has a profile where he can impact the game in a lot of ways. So did you have him at number two? I had him at number two as well. Yep. Oh, that makes me really happy that, that my 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 nagging and my bugging of you about Drew Sanders was able, <laughs> I was gonna, was able I was, to get in your ear. <laughs> I was going to start this segment off by saying he just narrowly missed my top five. He's number seven. And, oh, you, but you would have no, made me upset. No. He made number made two. made me so upset. Yeah. Um, separate from that, I have him as like a late – not actually not as a late first early very early second i don't think he goes in the first round but you know who gives me vibes of and you're gonna hate this like i, I feel very troy anderson ask okay like, very, just like I, big strong yeah. athletic uh still figuring out the position but if you can get him to actualize that athleticism at the position He's going to be so freaking good. And Troy Anderson made an impact on special teams and in various spots for the Falcons this year, and I think he's still getting better. Yeah. I, I had a top 50 on on, on Drew Sanders. Troy Anderson. No, no, uh, not Troy. On Drew, Drew Sanders. I actually am a little higher on Drew than I ended up being on Troy. I think I had like a top 75-ish grade on Troy. So I like Troy, okay. but I think Drew has, has a higher upside, obviously, than a Troy Anderson. You know the one person, though, Joe, I do not want him to be compared to that I've already seen out in the Lane universe? Lane Vanderesh? No. I'm okay with Micah that comparison, Parsons. actually. Micah Parsons. Do not compare the show okay. man to Micah Parsons because... Yeah, they're not the same. While you may say that he might do some things that are similar to a Micah Parsons, Micah Parsons can do all those things because he is elite at multiple spots in a defense. If he was just an edge rusher, he would be an elite one. If he was just a yeah. middle linebacker, he would be an elite one. Drew Sanders can be a versatile piece to a defense, but he's not a full-time pass rusher. He's not a full-time linebacker like a Micah Parsons is. Micah Parsons yes. is a he's a unicorn. Do not compare him to, to Micah Parsons, please. Don't do it. Speaking of a unicorn, now time for our obvious uh, top one that we both have in our classes. I don't even think there's going to be any debate here. The crown jewel of the linebacker class, Trenton Simpson. I have him graded as a top 15 pick. I think you're a, just a hair... Uh, more conservative on him. I recently I had a late first him. round pick on him. Late first round. Yeah, yeah just a few. But picks, I, I will say this off. though: that's grading in a vacuum, so that's not saying he right. won't be a top fifteen pick. That's me saying in whatever class, yes. if he was in twenty twenty, twenty twenty two, nineteen eighty four draft, he's a late first round grade for me. So grade is a little bit different than valuation, just so people understand. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I recently mocked Trent Simpson in in a mock draft, uh, him going to the Eagles. I think that's certainly possible, as we've kind of seen though with these. Do you want to hear a great athletic- stat? You want to hear a great stat? I'm sorry yes. to cut you off. Give me, give me. The Eagles have not drafted a linebacker in the first round since 1979. There you I go. I knew that was coming. <laughs> um, you know, like you know what? 
This is going to be the year. This is going to be the year. Because yeah. who, who, what else do they draft? What else do they draft? Offensive they got- and defensive linemen and wide receivers occasionally. That's what they draft, man. That's what they draft. No, but my point is this year is that they've already filled out all of those positions. Their weakest position group is linebacker. So I'm hoping that they come to their senses and they say, you know what? We've got everyone else. Let's, let's throw a really good athlete there at linebacker. But the thing that entices us about Trent Simpson is he is going to blow up the combine. And I, I honestly think that not enough people are are talking about him. I saw some people, and it's not like super reputable. It's more like hobbyist uh, uh, Twitter accounts that were grading him as like a second round pick, and like I just don't, I don't get that. I think he's got strong instincts. They're not like elite level instincts, but strong, really good instincts when he trusts himself. Mm-hmm. I see a guy that is always in position to make tackles. He's got great closing speed, and it's actually great. It's not even doesn't even do justice. Elite he's rare. closing speed, rare closing in acceleration. Speed. There is one play where he zooms to track down Drake May, who he himself is a pretty good mover uh, again when they played North Carolina. So he checks every box, man. I think you draft him. He immediately is a high-impact player. You can move him around. He is, to the cliche, a chess piece that can play on the edge, can play in the middle. Move him around, have fun, let the kid go make plays. He's exactly that. Yeah, I mean uh- – he is a rare athlete, and I think you hit on that, right? I mean, from a change of direction perspective, from a straight linear perspective, I mean, the get the kid is special. He really is. That's why he played that line, that Sam position during his freshman and sophomore year, which Isaiah Simmons played, right? Where he's playing out in space a ton, except he is a even bigger version of Isaiah Simmons. I mean, he's 6'3", 240 pounds. And as far as being dense, he's a denser player than Isaiah. Isaiah was longer. But and then you see him transition here, Joe. And, I think he has good eyes. I do. I think he has good eyes. I don't think he trusts his eyes always inside right now. I that's my hang up with him at inside linebackers. Just I need to see him play more. Like I think he just needs more reps. Mm-hmm. That's all it comes down to. Needs to play more reps. And I think that he needs to work on taking on blocks at the point of attack. I think those two things are things that need to improve. But I think he's physical and I think he's a rare athlete. So those things things together, as long as he takes that next step from a processing perspective. Kid could be money. I mean, the kid could be a really darn good football player who's going to get sacks. He's, I mean, pro bowler for sure. He's going to get sacks. He's going to get interceptions. He's going to create tackles for loss. There's going to be a lot of impact that a, that a Trenton Simpson can bring. He could play middle linebacker, I think, eventually. But I think early on, he's a will linebacker, play in space a little bit. Kid's got all the upside in the world. He should be one of the better linebackers in the NFL if he if everything hits for him, in my opinion. Yeah, Trenton Simpson's fun, and anyone who is unwilling to acknowledge that, please, please go just watch some highlights. I'm just saying, go watch this kid play, because his highlights are going to be the best in the class, without a doubt, which makes him such an exciting prospect in this class. Ryan, that's a good note to wrap us up on. Uh, Coming up, I think our next show, the goal is we're going to do a little Senior Bowl preview, and the next week we're going to do some Senior Bowl reactions, so stay tuned for that. Make sure you're subscribed. Don't miss out. At Joe DeLeon at Rising Draft, we'll be back with more for the rest of your week, folks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.